0: Hey, welcome to our Public Church podcast. We hope this message blesses you today. For more information on Public Church, please see us on www.public.church. Hey, um, if you've got your Bibles, uh, I'm reading from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 13. If you don't know that, that's how we get excited about the Word at youth on a Friday night. Um. Jesus says this, and this is really cool. He says, If you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? If you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? And when I was thinking about the idea, the discussion that we've been having around simple but significant, I thought to myself, How awesome is it that God at this point in time has said, Hang on, hang on. The, the story of the, the parable of the lost son is awesome. All of these parables are great. But if you don't understand this one, then you won't understand any of them. And so I thought to myself, maybe there's something simple yet so significant in the words that he's about to speak. If we go back up into Mark 4, verses 3 to 9, this is the parable that he is talking about. He says this, consider this, a farmer went out to sow seeds, and as he cast his seeds Some of it fell along the beaten path, and soon the birds came and ate it, and other seeds fell onto gravel with no topsoil, and the seeds quickly sprouted, since the soil had no depth. But when the days grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell among thorns, so when the seeds sprouted, so did the thorns, crowding out the young plants so they could not produce any grain. But some of the seeds fell onto good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest, Some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as was planted. If you understand this, then you need to respond. The time I message, if you're taking notes this afternoon, which I reckon most of you are, and all of our junior kids especially take notes, I I couldn't believe it. All of our junior kids, like our squad leaders are incredible, all of them, but all of the junior kids had their Bibles, their notepads, and every time they had prayer, they would run back to their Bibles and their notepads and they would write down everything that God had spoken to them about. I mean, that's such a powerful culture that we're starting to set. I appreciate all the leaders. Can we give all of our leaders a massive round of applause Um, right across all of our age groups? I just thought it was awesome to see that. But if you're taking notes, the time of message this afternoon is called Good Soil People. Everybody say, Good Soil People. Good Soil People. Um, let's pray really quickly and we'll get straight into it. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're here today. God, we ask you, Lord, that you would change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. Um, it's funny I can't because I, I sort of had prepared that there would be Pranks. We all know that. Like, there's always pranks at youth camps. It just it is what it is. Um, I wasn't necessarily planning to prank anybody. Um, but if you prank me, you're going to get pranked. Like, I can't be pranked and be humiliated, uh, especially as the youth pastor. Like, I need to go to a whole nother level. And so um, when, when, we were, when we were getting ready, um, Shani, I wasn't going to say names, but I thought, no, I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> Shani thought it would be an awesome idea um, to prank me with one of my most hated things. If you know me, I hate bananas. To the point where I feel like it could be medically passed, as there is an, I have an issue with bananas. Like, it makes me sick, it makes me gag. Green bananas, I can sort of handle because they don't smell yet. But anything that is, like, yellow to brown, we have an issue. You know at cafes when they store all the brown ones up, and they're waiting for it to get browner so they can use it? It's like, I don't understand. You're waiting it to, for it to rot. <laughs> so I could, yeah, I don't understand it. Um, I hate bananas. And so she, she knew that. And she was like, oh, it's going to be so awesome. We're going to get bananas, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? Uh, so obviously, it, now the inner prankster started coming out. And so I thought, what could I do? Um, and so I went to the pet store and I got some dead mice. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like, if they're going to do this, I'm going to have some mice ready because you don't put rotten bananas on me, on any of my things at all. It's a bit extreme, eh? Like, my bananas. Um, and, and so, I, I, like, even in my attempts, like, to guard my room, like, I'm, I'm, I'm checking my room all the time. I'm paranoid. Um, I saw, like, this green grocery bag, and it had a whole heap of bananas in it, and it was just left unattended. And I was like, haha. So I scooped them up, and I took them into the staff room and hid them under the couch, I've forgotten to get them out, so they're still going to be there. I, I know. And they're going to be brown. And I thought, geez. Uh, and so, anyway, so, like, I, I hid them, and I'm like, yes, like, here's Shani. Here's your, all your other belongings, but you can't have the bananas back because I knew that you would do the wrong thing. You would prank me. I'm not going to give you them back. She was like, yeah, yeah, I said, like, they sell bananas everywhere. And I was like, ah. And so she, she made a special order I found out this morning, actually. She made a special order from Ipswich. Um, to bring the, the blackest bananas that they could find with her, friend, with her uh, sister all the way down to camp. Now, I didn't realize this, but they had made a special order, the blackest bananas, right? And so I'm checking my room. I'm still paranoid, locking it, unlocking it, locking it, unlocking it. And then I go into my room, and I could smell it. <laughs> I could smell that there was something wrong with the room. Um, and there was like this scent. You know the bananas, when they're really ripe, they smell really horrible? Everyone's like, what are you talking about? I love that smell. It's disgusting. <laughs> so I smelt it, and I was like, all right. So I, I, I started lifting up things, and oh, the, you know, the classic, it's on the bed. And it was the blackest thing you'd ever see in your life. Like, it was dark. <laughs> and it was right there. And so I started to pick it up and throw it away, and it was making me sick. Like I was gagging, but I was like, I better not, just in case they're listening, you know what I mean? And so I look in my suitcase. To my fear, it was in my suitcase, which means it's in all my clothes, which I'm devastated. Like, I, I pretended like I didn't care, but I'll be honest with you, I was devastated. Like, I could have cried. Like, I was so upset. So I picked them up, threw it, threw it, threw it. And, um, you know, I had to get the mice out and do my thing. But, but it's funny because even in my attempt of trying to guard my room, even in my attempt of going back, locking, checking, locking, checking, they seem to slip in and put the bananas in there. And I had a thought that isn't that like what life is like sometimes? Like even in our attempts of like guarding our hearts or even our in our attempts of trying to guard the things that are special to us, sometimes things just happen to sneak in there. Maybe it's hurt, maybe it's pain, maybe it's different things like that. And even in our attempts of trying to guard it, somehow it makes its way in there and we can't really make sense of it. Um, I, I, probably the aim of today, and I don't usually like, uh, usually I'm like, in the inspiring faith preaching mode, but I really felt to have like almost like a little bit of a discussion in terms of what good soil people look like, because this is the thing. Jesus said, if we don't understand this, we won't understand any parables. So the goal for today is, well, let's just understand this simple parable, which is most likely going to lead into significant results in our life, because the seed in, in this story, the seed represents the kingdom of God. That's what the seed represents. And so the seed is powerful, the seed is effective, the seed is awesome, but the seed is limited due to what type of soil it's going to land upon. And so for us as a young adult, for you as an adult or a mature adult, I would say that all of us would want to have good soil so that the seeds that are landing in that soil produce the 30, 60, 100 fold that God intends for it to do. But for us to be able to be in that position, I feel like we all need to be good soil people. How many of you believe that? We need to be good soil people. And so I thought, why don't we just talk a little bit and have a bit of a discussion or a conversation about what good soil people actually look like. And so my first point is that we need to change the way that we think. And this this is something that I need, and I'm constantly rediscovering about the Gospels, about who Jesus is. A lot of the times when I was a young Christian, I thought that in the way that I changed was how much prayer I was able to do how many fasts I was able to complete, how many Bible plans I was able to do. And I thought that that brought about change in my life. But what I realized is all of those things are actually vehicles to change, but that's not the destination. A lot of us think the destination is doing all of these things. That's all vehicles to get us into the place where God has called us to be. But I realized that in order to actually change, we have to change the way that we think. Jesus actually puts it this way, and he says, uh, in one of his very first things he says when he starts his ministry, is repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He says, repent. I remember when I was 17 years old, and my pastor would be like storming up, the, up and down the altar saying, repent. I was so scared, because I thought that repent meant that we need to turn away from sin and turn to God, or we're going to burn, <laughs> turn or burn, you know what I mean? Like for ages I thought, and I'd be in revival meetings and it was like, repent, repent, repent. Until I realized, I remember when we were doing a bit of studying, repent actually comes from this Greek word that's metanoio, which means to change the way that we think. And it sort of all started to make sense with me because I thought to myself, man, it would be pretty interesting if Jesus's first words to me and you was to change. <laughs> like we don't even have the change agent yet. <laughs> And can you imagine if Jesus' first words when he saw you was change? Change, 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 change. And I thought to myself, why, why would he say that? And when, when I started to dig into this a little bit more, what he's actually calling us to do is to change the way we think. When Jesus says repent, the original hearers would have heard something like this: look again. Look again. Look again at all of the stories that were told to you about the Messiah. Look again about all of these different things that were told to you about the coming of a Messiah. Look again at the prophecies of Isaiah. Look again, look again. Because what they didn't realize is they were seeing the face of God right then and there. He says, look again. He says, change. It says here in Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Do you know that one of the main things that we need to do in order to be good soiled Christians is that we need to have the ability to change the way that we think? Transformation. Is not necessarily in our prayer life. All of those things are important ingredients. That's the that's the vehicle. But hello, if we allow God to change the way that we think about some things, that's when we experience true transformation. There's some people who literally, and, and this is the thing, I'm not trying to uh, condemn or say anything, but there are people who literally just haven't changed the way that they've thought for such a long time, and they're wondering, how come I haven't transformed? How come I haven't moved from A to B? I'm still in A. I'm watching everyone there, at least at D. And maybe if it's just like, can I just surrender some of my thoughts and ideas to God? Let him change the way that I think. Jesus says this. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Instead, think about heaven more. And so one of the reasons that we need to allow God to change the way that we think is our perspective right here, right now is limited. Did you know that? It's so limited. We live for like the here and the now. Jesus came from heaven to earth. So he thinks from heaven to earth. We think from earth to heaven. So we need to allow God to change the way that we think so that we can have good soil so that the seed can go in good soil and produce the 30, the 60, the 100 fold. I want to explain to you what soil is really quickly before we move any further. Soil is the condition of your heart. That's what soil is. Soil is the condition of your heart. So when we begin to worry or submit to fear, do you know what we do? Like the minute that we worry, the minute that we think that God doesn't have good plans for us, do you know what we actually start to do? I I want you to listen to this. We actually start to gravel our soil. We start to actually put gravel around our soil. It says this in Mark 4, 16, The seed that's sown on gravel represents those who hear the word and receive it joyfully, but because their hearts fail to sink a deep root into the word, they don't endure it for long. They don't endure it for long. For when trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, they immediately wilt and fall away. When the worries and the things of this world start to consume our thoughts, what we start to do is we start to gravel the good soil that God intended for it to be good soil. And we start to gravel it. We start to, And so the seed really can't penetrate the soil. And so the, the way in which we need to understand how to pr- produce good soil, how to have good soil, is actually allow God to change the way that you think. Have you allowed God to change the way that you think about something? Have you spent time in the presence of God and said, God, what type of stinking thinking do I need to change, God? Could you, could you speak to my heart? Could you transform the thoughts in my mind? Is this good? Yes. Number two, turn the soil. Everybody say, turn the soil. When I first moved to the Gold Coast, I was extremely excited to be with uh, Pastors Cameron and Renee. Why? They were heroes of mine. I was excited to, to be here. Um, I left a great job uh, uh, in the in the North Queensland with my wife, we were running a youth ministry, a college, and it was awesome. It was my wife's family. We were so committed to that. It was the only church we've ever been in, and so this was a massive deal to be here. And so when I came here, I sort of thought, oh well, you know, oh, here we are I'm with Kem and Renee. I wonder what this is going to look like. And, and and really, what I started to understand about Kem and Renee is that there were much, very much heart people, very much heart people. And so immediately in our conversations, I started to realize that. that that through them, soil was starting to be turned in my heart. Soil where there might have been areas where it was a little bit hard, a little bit rough, was starting to literally get turned. And, And did you know that God will use people to turn the soil in your heart? The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And so what God will do is he'll bring somebody along in your path to turn the soil so that it can be good soil, so that me and you can be good soil people. Why do we need to be good soil people? Because the kingdom of God in the seed form needs to fall in good soil to produce the 30, the 60, or the 100 fold. And so all of a sudden, uh, my heart, and I remember that they started talking into my life about some things. And I started going, well, this is different. (laughs) Like, uh, hang on a second. I've never talked to anybody about this. I don't know if I want to go there. Hang on a second. What's happening right now? And I didn't realize that the soil was getting turned. I didn't realize that the soil was getting turned. And and so one of the ways that we need to understand to to, to have this good soil is we need to allow people to turn the soil in our hearts. Who are you letting speak into your life? Who are you in community with? Who are you speaking to that you're like, hey, can you you just, I'm just going to tell you some of the things that I think. What do you think about this? See, an isolated person will never be able to have good soil because they don't have anybody to turn it. (laughs) So all of a sudden, their ideas become the best ideas. Everything that they think is the best. But God's actually called us to be in community so that other people can turn your soil. Some of you are so refreshed coming to public church just because you're in community, just because you're in family, that you know that there is no other ulterior motives than we're all turning soil together. The more that we get together, the more that we do living rooms, the more that we do life, all of a sudden, our soil starts to get turned. And so ultimately, the soil that represents the hearts of people And so the tilling of soil or the turning of soil, do you know what it comes to? It comes through discipleship. It comes through the one-on-one discipleship. It comes through me and you sharing our burdens with one another, having compassion for one another, caring for one another. That's how the soil gets turned. And see, it's very important for us to understand of the turning of soil because that means that when things are happening to me, it's not necessarily what's happening to me, all the trials and the tribulations and the things that might be weighing me down but it's actually what's happening in me. Like what is God wanting to do in me rather than well, what, what's happening to me? Hang on a second. We've moved from this thinking of that. We are blessed. Me and you, were sons and we're daughters of God, right? He has the best plans for our lives. So it's not what's happening to me. God, what are you doing in me? What are you turning in my heart? What, is this, what are you trying to produce right now is the type of questions that we need to ask ourselves to be good soil people. I love this because Jesus says, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of the parables. And sometimes we can just skip through and go, yeah, I want to hear about the prodigal son. I want to hear about the lost coin. I want to hear about all these other parables. He says, wait a second, why don't we just stay on here a little bit more? Because what God wants to produce in your life is bigger and better than what you can produce in your own life. Very important that we understand that. Proverbs 4.23, a lot of scripture today. I hope this is okay. It says, above all else, everybody say all else. Everybody say, all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Do you know that I don't really need to know you too much, or I don't need to know what's happening to you too much, just to see that the way you respond to things, because everything that we do flows from that place. I've realized in my season with Cam and Renee, some of the things that I did actually came from a place of soil not being turned, came from a place of a hardened area in my heart. And so I submitted to the process in the season of the turning of soil. Do you know that that's not fun? If, if, people who are laughing get it because they've had soil turned. It is not fun. <laughs> I said to our leaders, like when we started youth ministry, I said, just so you understand, and so we all get this, pioneering is tilling soil. That's all we are doing. So we're not, if you're coming in here to see like a mass growth, You're in the wrong place. But we're tilling soil because what God can do is 30, 60, 100 times more than what any of us could do. And so we've tilled soil for a year. We just had youth camp and it's like a concentrated, the seeds have been dropping in their hearts at youth camp. And I'm expecting that we're going to see the 30, 60, 100 fold. Why? Because we've enjoyed the process of tilling, we've enjoyed the process of turning. Soil. Not only do our hearts need to be turned, but we need to be turning other people's hearts as well. This is, the, this is what discipleship is all about. And so, this idea in Proverbs about guarding our hearts, uh, I thought for a minute maybe guarding means like locking it up or, or doing it in our own strength, but the Hebrew word for guard actually means to set a watchman over it. Did you know that the watchman over your heart is the Holy Spirit? Did you know that? The watchman over your heart is the Holy Spirit. The task is simple. We are commanded to keep ourselves in his word and he keeps our hearts. We keep, we keep our hearts in his word and he keeps our hearts. I, I, there's been so many times where the accuser of the brethren has knocked on my door and been like, man, there's no plans here. And I'm like, hang on a second. But it says that God's got great plans for my life, plans for a future and to prosper. See, all of a sudden we start to guard our hearts with the spirit and with the word of God. And so all of a sudden the watchman does all the work. It's not about me guarding and sort of being a weird Christian and locking myself up because I might be polluted by the world. No, 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 no. It's about us understanding that we have a watchman that is watching over your heart. And the way that we keep our heart right, the way that we keep our heart on track, is just simply by keeping ourselves in His Word. And He keeps our hearts. David says that those who delight themselves in the Word, it's like a tree planted by living water. How many of you want to be a tree planted by living water? I don't want to be a tree in a desert because that's got a, a very short lifespan. I want to be a tree planted by living water whose leaves do not wither, who grows fruit in every season. That's, that's the promise of if we just delight in the Word of God. So isn't it awesome if we make the Word a priority and we know that the Holy Spirit is the watchman over our heart, we can rest assured that the right things are going to flow from it. We can rest assured that our hearts are going to be guarded because he's the watchman. Do you know it's not you? You're not the watchman of your heart. The Holy Spirit is the watchman of your heart. Okay? Um, it's very important that we understand this because the turning of the soil is through discipleship, but it's also through allowing the Holy Spirit to have room to speak into things in our hearts. Um, here's a good question Are we transferring our burdens? Are we forgiving people quickly? Uh, Are we doing all the things that God's called us to do so that we don't leave areas in our hearts hard? That's the goal, right? Because we want to be good soil people, right? So that the Word of God can grow 30, 60, 100 times more. Let's make time for the Word and the Holy Spirit to guard our hearts to keep the right soil and not harden hearts. Number three, if you take a note, is that we have to find joy in God's will. Everybody said we have to find joy in God's will. On three, ready? One, two, three. Find joy in God's will. Did you know that when I moved here, uh, I started a job working for a company that I liked. It wasn't the destination. It was a part of the journey. I liked the company that I worked for, but I knew it was for a season. And I remember, as, as you are, when you, you do a ministry and different things like that, and, and I'm, I'm giving my life to what I feel like God's called me to do, uh, I was a little bit confused because I got this job opportunity, a promotion, right, at work. And I would be on a really decent salary. I'd be relaxed. I'd be chill. They, they said they'd give me a car. They sold me when they said Mac laptop. You know what I mean? I was just like, yep, that's me. I want a laptop. I want a Macbook." Um, And, and all of a sudden, I started to like feel weird coming up to the interview. Have you ever had that thing in your spirit that's just like, it's not right? Something's not right? And so I felt like the Lord just prompted me to ask Him about it. It's funny. Hey, we're like a week out. It's been a full week process, and I've just only asked the Holy Spirit what he thinks about it now. Don't judge me. <laughs> and so I asked him, I'm like, well, God, what do you think about this? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, that's not why you moved here. That, that's not why you moved here. I was like, hang on a second. But like, well, this is a good opportunity. I'll be able to make more money. I'll be able to do more things. And God said, so I didn't move you here for a job promotion at a good company. I moved you here to make a difference in the kingdom of God on the North Gold Coast. And that would take a lot of my time away from that. I had to check in with the Holy Spirit to see what he thought about what I did. And so this is the big part in making sure that we keep good soil, is that we need to not find safety in our own wills. How many of you, like, you you just find safety in our wills because we think, like, this is it, this is perfect, this is what I'm called to do. But have you asked God about that yet? What is God saying to you about that? Is, is that something that he's spoken to your heart about? Or is this something that, is this sort of plan B? Is this what you've got along the side just to make sure, you know, something happens? We have to make sure that we find joy in God's will. And did you know that I felt so relieved when I didn't go for that job interview? Because I was like, man, John 10.10 10 says that I came to give you a life and a better life than you've ever dreamed of. So I was like, man, this is your promise for me, God. So even though I've had this awesome opportunity, that must mean that you've got something better for me. That must mean that you've got something better than me, better for me, and, and so ultimately, ultimately, what this is is a trust issue. Do we trust God with our lives? Do we trust God with everything? Do we trust God with our companies? Do we trust God with our families? Do we trust God with our disenfranchised children? Do, do we ultimately do we trust God? Have we asked God to speak into the situation? You see, uh, it says in verse seven that other seeds fell among the thorns. So when the seed sprouted, so did the thorns, crowding out the young plants so that they couldn't produce any grain. And, and, and in my translation, the thorns represent the cares of this world. The thorns represent the cares of this world. To be good soil Christians is to ask God, God, is this your will for my life? And when we do that, he'll start to move away the thorns and make sure that our soil is good, to make sure that our soil is turned, to make sure that our soil is healthy, we need to be good soil Christians, amen? Why? Because the seed that God wants to put in there can produce 30, 60, 100 fold. I might get Joseph up on keys. And just to, to finish this sort of conversation, I guess, at the end of the day, what I've realized is that the, the kingdom of God, everything that God does, sorry, Vanessa, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm used to Joseph going on keys. Sorry, Vanessa. You're awesome. Thanks, Vanessa. Um, Did you know that oftentimes what God wants to do in our lives, in your life, in my life, comes in seed form? What God wants to do in our life comes in seed form. And it's annoying because now we have to trust the process that what God put in my heart is going to be there even though it's, it's very small. Even though at the moment it doesn't look like anything that I thought. I remember I went to a Shakers conference in 07, and I had a vision that I was speaking in front of thousands of teenagers, and immediately my flesh was like, nope, that's not me, don't like kids. <laughs> and then we look like nine years down the track, and I'm doing what God's called me to do. After I got that vision, I went to my associate pastor, and I said, hey, I want to be a youth pastor. And he said, oh, well, that's awesome news, Isaiah, but you've got to learn how to tithe first. I was like, oh, jeez. So that's awesome news, Isaiah. you got to come to prayer meetings. And the idea, the vision that God put on my heart was so great, and I was so excited about it, and I was ready to go. But all of a sudden, I started realizing that what God does in me and you is in seed form. It's the seed form. And sometimes we abort the simple in pursuit of, like, the significant thing. You know what I mean? Like, We abort the the process. We abort what God wants to do in our lives. We abort the growth. We abort all that because sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's hard for soil to get turned. Sometimes it... And so we sort of abort that and and we put our trust in the significant thing when God's like, well, hang on a second. I'm doing something great with that seed because what God can do with the seed is 30, 60, 100 times more than what me and you could ever do. So, So... I love this thought about actually just allowing him to come into our lives. If you take a note, my fourth point is, we gotta let him in. We gotta let him in. It's, it's not about the power of the seed, but it's about the condition of your heart. What is your heart like? Is it, is, it, is it the heart, is your heart like hardened? Where seeds have been sown on your heart, but because it's so hard because of situations and circumstances, it can't penetrate, it can't grow. The Bible says, like the birds of the air come and take the seed. It's like the evil one comes and takes the seed. Are we that type of people? Uh is it the gravel that's crowding the soil? The gravel represents what? The cares and the worries of the world. Sometimes we're so worried, we're so upset, we're so freaked out about life, it's very hard for the seed to. to to hit and make contact with good soil. Maybe, maybe it's like there's there's some hurt there, there's some pain. And the thorns in amongst all of that, it chokes out. It chokes out the seed that's trying to grow. Or, or maybe, maybe your heart is the good soil. Where the Bible says that when a farmer sowed the seed in the good soil, it's 30, 60, 100 times more do you know that in the process of learning to allow God to turn the soil in my heart, I've seen God do stuff in my life that I couldn't even dream about. I've seen God do stuff in my life that I couldn't even dream about. Just with every head bowed, the eyes closed. Uh, a lot of scripture, a lot of thoughts, a lot of conversations today, but I wanna end with this. And it says in Revelations 3, verse 20, it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. See, a lot of the times our hearts, it's been hardened, there's been different things that have happened in in our lives. We've actually resisted the love of God. We've actually resisted God to come in. And and, and so a lot of the times I sort of had this picture today of, of the Holy Spirit like knocking on the hearts, right? Remember, everything flows from where? The heart, right? Knocking on the hearts of people. And it's that consistent knock that is the same knock in every season, whether or not it's great, it's bad. God's always knocking at your door of your heart. It says that He knocks at the door of your heart. And anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I'm going to come in and I'm going to dine with them. And I love this scripture so much because i found that in my talkings with people and different things like that, some of the richest conversations that I've had is is come just from having a meal. And here we have Jesus saying, here, I knock at the door of your heart. Do you hear the knock? Are you gonna let me in? I feel there's some people in this room this afternoon that God wants to do a massive shift in your soil because what God wants to produce in your heart is 30, 60, 100 times more than you could have dreamed of. And I think during the process, you've you've the thorns, maybe the gravel, maybe the different things have disrupted the soil. But God today in His presence actually wants to heal your heart. He wants to set you free and He wants to turn the soil so we can see the incredible fruit that God wants to produce in your life. Just with every head bowed, all eyes closed. This is one of the greatest invitations that God could ever ask of you. And maybe God is knocking on the heart. There's somebody right now who has forsaken ministry. You've gone, no, I don't want to do ministry because uh, I've been let down and my heart's gotten hard. God is knocking on the door of your heart this afternoon. And He's saying, will you let me in? will you hear my voice? In a moment with God, He can change everything. He can turn that stony heart. He can turn that hardened gravel, thorny heart into good soil. Just with every head bowel eyes closed. Can I just quickly see your hand if that's you so I can pray? If that's you, you're like, God, I want you. Yeah, I see your hand. God, yes, yes, yes. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else? You're like, God, I want you to do something in my heart. I want you to turn the soil. Yes, I see your hand. Anybody else? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, maybe God just wants to soften your heart this afternoon. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I see your hand. Yes, come on, is there anybody else? Don't resist that God's knocking on your heart. Maybe he just wants to soften it today. Maybe he just wants to turn the soil today. Is that you? Can I see your hand? Yes, I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Yeah, I see your hand, man. And this is so good. Holy Spirit, we just ask you, This afternoon, God, we submit everything to you. We pray, God, that, God, you would do an incredible work, that you would start to soften our hearts, God. Lord, we know that your seed is powerful. And, God, we we pray against maybe some of the hurts and the things that have hardened our hearts, made it hard for us to receive all the things that you have for us, God. We thank you, Lord, that you have good plans for us, God, plans for us to prosper in Jesus' name.